If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join ST Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. ST Bank, member FDIC. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Going to continue our series of power ranking position groups around the NFL. We did pretty much everybody on the offensive side of the ball worth consequence. Now we're going to flip over to the defensive side of the ball and start working our way through that. I think, you know, we started on offense with quarterbacks because it's the most fun. I think the most fun on the defensive side of the ball is the guys that get after the quarterbacks, mm-hmm. the guys that are paid the money to sack them, the edge rushers. So we're going to do edge rush top 10 in the NFL. And I don't really think we even need to do an honorable mention because it was hard to really come up with a top ten. You know, f- I think one through five flew by. You know much. what I can say, though, Tom, is that there could be two guys who didn't make our list this year only because they weren't in the NFL last year. And that's Kayvon Thibodeau and that's Aiden Hutchinson, two guys who could easily crack this top ten list given just their one rookie season. I agree with that. Uh, and I think that... Hutchinson's the one I lean towards maybe more so than Thibodeau being the guy to do so, but I don't know. You're playing for the Lions, so that's not exactly the easiest of tasks, really, to handle. Um, number 10 on my list, just get started right away, Randy Gregory, okay, old Dallas Cowboy. Now a Denver Bronco. Now a Denver Bronco. Um, big signing, obviously, in the offseason for the Denver Broncos. You know, he had six sacks last year, but that was injury problems. Again, injury problems in 2020. It's a lot of injury problems that hold Randy Gregory back, but the skill set is there, the talent is there, and I think maybe a change of scenery is exactly what he needed. And remember, he was pretty much considered to be coming back to Dallas. Like it was pretty much the, to be a done deal. It was kind of it was one of those things where it was in that period of the tampering where I think he said, "Yeah, I'm going to be a Dallas," and then once it became official. Denver kind of swooped in there, and he said, and they no, were I'm just going like, to no, I like this money a lot better, mm-hmm. so I'm going to Denver. So that's how that shook down for uh, Randy Gregory as far as his free agency this offseason. But, yeah, you know, I think if he can get off of the injury schneid, I think that he's going to have a ton of potential to be one of the better pass rushers. And really they need a second fiddle. And another guy that's not on my list but needs to jump on that list if they want to, you know, justify their drafting of him is Bradley Chubb uh, out of Denver as well. Absolutely. This is someone who was supposed to come in and start his career alongside Von Miller and really keep that defense as a legitimate top 10 defense. And then once Von Miller would eventually leave, he would be the next Von Miller, essentially, in Denver. That has not been the case. He's had one good year, Tom. Granted, that one good year came in his fully healthy season, his one fully healthy season. And that's not, that's not you know, sugarcoated at all. It wasn't just a good year. It was a really great year out of Bradley Chubb. But the problem with him, Tom, is that we only got one fully healthy, one great year out of him. 
So things really need to turn around. And who knows? Maybe the the lack of success by Bradley Chubb or has be has been because he hasn't had a, a solid partner. I know Von Miller only left last season, but Von Miller in his last what season or two in Denver probably wasn't the same guy he was in 2015 when he won Super Bowl MVP. So maybe Randy Gregory is the right priest, right piece to come into Denver, kind of help revitalize that young career. It's kind of a shame that we're already saying revitalize to a guy who's so young, but maybe that's what needs to happen. My number 10 guy, I actually just mentioned him, Von Miller. So I forgot about Von Miller. Oh, did you really? <laughs> I forget, forget. You know what? I'm scratching out Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory is off my did list you really now. Forget about I Von completely Miller? forgot about Von Miller. So Von Miller could be higher, but to me, at an older age, it's harder to, to Von put a guy. Von Miller. There you go. Well, you're welcome. For I completely forgot about him. Kind of hard to do when he just got one of the biggest contracts Damn in the it. NFL for six years. Idiot. Honestly, Tom, I don't know if I would put him in my top 10 if he didn't have this, the, the resurgence in L.A. In L.A. Two sacks in a Super Bowl. Honestly, there were people out there who were calling that Von Miller, if he got a third sack in that Super Bowl, MVP, could have yeah. been a two-time Super Bowl MVP joining that elite club of, of multi-Super Bowl MVPs. He'd have to MVPs. be the only defensive player to do that, too. Absolutely. To I think beside a quarterback, maybe the only guy to do so. Potentially, yeah. So absolutely, I do think it's fair to say though, if he didn't get traded, if he kind of had had played out the rest of the year with Denver, and then maybe got traded to LA at the end of the year, or maybe got traded to Buffalo, who knows if he skips that LA tenure? I don't think he does. He he does nothing of consequence, nothing of substance if he stays in Denver because that team doesn't make the playoffs, right? So I have to give a lot of credit to that last ha- or that last final games he played with LA, but I'm not gonna just say oh. It was only a few games. No, they were significant games, and he did significant things on the biggest stage leading to a victory for the L.A. Rams. So that's why I put him at my number 10. We'll see how he does in Buffalo moving forward. But right now I got him comfortably in my top 10. The guy's a Hall of Famer, first ballot. Uh, My number 9 is probably only at number 9 because of the fact that he played in only six games last year. But he... Or seven games last year, but he still had six sacks in those seven games. I'm going with Daniel Hunter from the Vikings at number nine. 14 and a half sacks the year before last. Mm-hmm. 14 and a half sacks the year before that. He was fifth in the voting for Defensive Player of the Year in 2019. Uh, I think he's a very under-the-radar guy because, again, the the headlines in Minnesota come from the offense, come from that that wide receiver group, whether it had been Diggs and Thielen and now Jefferson and Thielen. And then you add Dalvin Cook into the mix and Kirk Cousins is obviously always an intriguing character in the, around the NFL, so I think he gets overshadowed by his own team a little bit, but there's no question he's a top 10 talent when he's healthy, and I mean, the consistency of 14 and a half and then 14 and a half sacks in those 2018 and 2019 seasons, it's it really seemed like he was really breaking through those years. You know, he was age 24 and 25. Um, he's only 20, he, and of course he missed all of 2020, didn't play. And then 2021 only played in the seven games. So he's still only 28 years old, and he's been off for a couple years now. So that's why I think he's kind of lower. But if this guy had stayed healthy and had consistently put up these numbers, there's no question he would have been like a top five edge rusher. For sure. And the only thing is that I'm keeping him out just because of this is for a combination of the 2021 season that people just had and the potential for the 2022 season. I totally agree. If you extrapolate those numbers... And people in Pittsburgh, they're big extrapolators, right? You look to the Devin Bush season or you look to the uh, Bud Dupree season when they both went down. 
People love to extrapolate those numbers and say, look what they could have done in a full season. So I totally understand the upside potential there, but it's hard to say exactly what they're going to be what they're going to be capable of doing coming back from a significant injury like that. But I I like the pick there, and you pair him with the guy we just talked about in our previous episode, Zadarius Smith. Should be a good pairing. Should be a, a good pairing. My number nine nine guy. I have him at number nine solely because of, like you said, potential, but for a different reason. He's young. He didn't have his best sophomore season compared to a rookie season, but boy, he could be— You have be, Chase Young at number nine. Boy, he He's could be— He's my number eight. Okay, well, there you go. He could be the face of the NFL as a defensive player in, what, five or six years down the line. I know Donald is more on the interior than Young is, but Donald also floats around to the outside, too. Uh, not enough to count him in this category, of course, though, but— do you see Chase Young as the guy maybe having next behind Aaron Donald as, as far as the impact from the line or from that yeah. position? Because he does jump inside every once right. in a while. I, coming out of Ohio State, this guy I think should have been the number one overall pick. It kind of surprised me that it fell that far, but he was that dangerous and lethal at Ohio State that I think the the Washington football team, now the is it the Commanders? It is the Commanders. I, I get the Commanders and what the Guardians in Cleveland for baseball all mixed up, but I, I'll just keep referring to them as the Washington Football Team. I think they really got a steal from that from that draft class to get Chase Young that far removed from their number one overall pick. Why well, him at number eight too? So your number eight is my number eight, uh, Shaq Barrett out of Tampa Bay. Nice, good pick. Shaq Barrett, I think is. It's hard to really stand out on a team that has so many great players, including Tom Brady of all people. Shaq Barrett, Tom, in the last three years, only tra- or maybe the last four years, only trails T.J. Watt, Aaron Donald, and Miles Garrett in total sacks by any defender regardless of position. Shaq Barrett, I think, is the shining star of that Tampa Bay defense that has a lot of shining stars. The guy just knows how to get after the quarterback, and he hasn't slowed down at all in the last couple of seasons. So I got to give him credit here. I'm not putting him all the way up, but I got to give him at least top 10 credit. Number seven for myself is someone that, you know, name value, a lot of people will put him in the top five just based on that alone. He's a former defensive player of the year. Uh, he's been a runner-up of defensive mm, player of the I year as well. I know where you're well. going here. I'm going with Khalil Mack. And the reason why I have him at seven and not higher, he's fallen off a bit in the past couple of seasons. Now, Can I tell you something? it might be because he's in Chicago. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I also have Khalil Mack at number seven. seven. Very nice. But, well, you he's know, not in Chicago anymore. You're right. And that might be the renaissance that he needs, right. especially because he's going to be paired up with another guy that's a lot higher on this list Very, for sure, both of us. Right. Very fair to say, the guy the Bears thought they were getting from the Raiders when they traded for Khalil Mack is not the guy they ended up getting. I would say... Yes, for the last three years, he was the guy for their first year. He was the runner-up in deep play. So, well, when you when you have a four-year career and you only do one great year, and it's your first year, and the next three are all pedestrian, I wouldn't had, say it's a great trade. He was healthy. He was hurt last year, twenty twenty-one, but fully healthy seasons in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. He didn't have double-digit sacks in either of those years. He hasn't had double-digit sacks since 2018, and now his he's first, on the wrong his side first of thirty. Year, right, his first year in Chicago. Yes, but now. The difference is, and we're going to get to this guy that we we're going to mention later. Yeah, he's kind of second fiddle now. Exactly. Maybe that could maybe that could help. Well, I think it always helps. Of course, having but, great number twos is a real good problem. To but have. he's a he's a number one. He's not just a he's not just a guy who's now a second fiddle. This this now L.A. Chargers team has two number one guys, two number one edge 
edge rushers on their team. And absolutely, it could be a huge help to Khalil Mack. But because of the last three years, because of the reason, because of the fact that he hasn't had double digit sacks since what 2018. You got to respect him because of name value. And I believe he did win Depoy at one time. He did. When he was with the Raiders, right? And then he was runner-up in 20, what was it, 2018? His first year in Chicago? First year in Chicago, he was runner-up for it. You got to keep him there. And because of the potential he has playing alongside Joey Bosa, I got to put him in my top 10. We both had him at our number seven. So you're number six. Staying in that division now. But the Vegas Raiders, I'm going with Mad Max Crosby. It's got to be Mad Max, right? I'm looking at his pro football reference right now. Mad Max or Condor are his two nicknames. I like Condor. Nah, Mad Max. You might be surprised where I put Mad Max. A little higher than six. A little higher. I I think there is a lot of... I'll say this. For the guys on my list, there's a lot more potential riding on Crosby. But he's also checked the boxes so far, too. Double-digit sacks as a rookie. um, Hasn't reached that point yet since... Seven and eight the past couple of seasons. But However, I, I bet he has double digit sacks this year. Oh yeah, and now he's got Chandler Jones running as mm-hmm. his running mate too. So again, you get another legitimate guy, maybe a little past his prime. There's another guy that's probably right on the outside looking in on these lists. If you don't have, well, him yeah, high. you would say that it was hard for us to kind of get ten solid guys, but Chandler Jones easily you couldn't make the argument. He deserves to be on. Su- he he probably does make it. If it's if there's a hundred panelists, someone's got to put Chandler Jones in their top ten edge defenders. I love Mad Max Crosby because of this stat right here. He's got as many sacks so far in the NFL as his age as his years on Earth. He's 25 and he has 25 sacks. So young and how many to have years 25 he's sacks. Three, seasons? three full seasons. Not missing any game due to injury at all. 16 games played rookie year, 16 games played his sophomore year, and last year he played a full 17. That's really durable for that kind of mm-hmm. a position, and I bet he gets double-digit sacks this year. He eclipses that mark. I, I agree. I'll save some of my comments for him when I when I have him higher up on my list. My number six guy may be a surprise to you, but the guy that Khalil Mack is leaving behind in Chicago, Robert Quinn. Mm. Robert Quinn, Tom, you remember how people were saying throughout the year, oh, it's a three-man race between Miles, or Miles Garrett and TJ Watt and Micah Parsons for Depoy. And then at one point it was a two-man race between, oh, is, is Miles Garrett or is it going to be TJ Watt who finishes with the most sacks? Well, guess what? Miles Garrett didn't finish that game. You know who did? Robert Quinn. You know how many sacks Robert Quinn had last year? Tell me. 18 and a half sacks. That is no shy number. That is no humble number to just kind of say, oh, good for you. You had a really good year. No, 18 and a half is a hard number to achieve. Just look at TJ's older brother, JJ. JJ would kill a man to get 18 and a half sacks. He hasn't gotten near that number in quite some time now. 18 and a half sacks, that's with, that was with a struggling Khalil Mack. That was with a fully, or not, I'm sorry, a guy who was, not fully available for the entire season. So, yes, the Bears were probably upset with the productivity they got out of Khalil Mack the last couple of years, but they got a guy in Robert Quinn. I mean, and I believe they used their first-round pick on him, what was it, 2019, maybe 2020? I think it was 2019 they used it. And there was a bit of a holdout to start that career for him. I do remember he was the last rookie of the first-round draft class from 2019 to finally ink his deal. But once he did, Tom, he's been an explosive defender. Eight and a half sacks. Not to say that he can just like pull a TJ Watt and just increase year after year after year, but don't be surprised if he gets to that number once again. 
If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join ST Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. ST Bank, member FDIC. Let's start at the top five. All right, here we go. Kicking it off for me, the first of a pair of brothers on this list. No, it's not the Watt brothers. I'm sorry to okay. disappoint you. Which brother, though? Nick. I got Nick also at five. At number five. Yep. Now, rookie of the year in 2019, injured all of 2020, just played two games, no sacks. 15 and a half sacks last season in his age 24 season. So, again, another guy that has as many sacks as years on earth, like Max Crosby, young player that is just mm-hmm. going to be such an impact for that Niners defense for a long time. So, I got the first Bosa brother checking in, Nick Bosa, at number five, kicking off my top five. And you do as, as well. do I. I think both of these brothers, they're the new, they're the new, the Watts, right? Because TJ kind of, or sorry, JJ has kind of fallen off so much so that it's really just the TJ Watt show. But the Bosa brothers are both so young, right? I believe they're only they came into the league one year apart. Yeah, Nick is uh Nick is 25, Joey's 26. And not to say that Nick Joey is, will be 27 though. This not year. to say that Nick is that much worse than Joey. It's just that they're both great and Nick I think plays on an overall better defense, so maybe because he has so many people around him, he's not getting every chance to get to the quarterback, whereas Joey Bosa, who we'll get to very shortly, really now is getting his best defensive pairing he's probably had in his entire career, right? The guy that we mentioned earlier, Khalil Mack. Yeah, no question about that. So it's going to be fun to watch those two pair against each other and mm-hmm. see how Joey and Khalil can rip off of each other. But Nick's kind of had that with not just a guy opposite of him, but just, uh, as you mentioned, a unit as a whole has been really good on the defensive side of the I ball. mean, San Francisco, people will tell you, they don't pride, other than Debo Samuel probably, they don't pride themselves on their offensive play. And this new era for the Niners, they pride themselves on defense. And it's one hell of a defense. My number four player is someone that you absolutely are going to be mad about because you don't think Ooh. you should belong on this no, list. No, I don't he's believe out of position, he belongs. But on I got this. Micah nope. Parsons at number four. He played outside. He played edge a lot last year. They needed him to, and maybe that's working against my argument that he was only there out of necessity. But he had 13 sacks last season, and I think that they're going to see him playing at that edge spot a lot. And I'm not going to make his versatility a negative and keep him off of this list just because he floats around from position to position, and he's probably, now don't get crazy on me here, probably the closest thing to a Palomalu that we've seen in a long time. Hmm. It's different. In terms of like a nose for the ball kind it's of thing? It's different yeah. because he's a linebacker first and not a safety that would come I can up understand the, the point you're trying to make. I can, see the, I, can make, I can see the connection that you're making there. However, I kept him off of my list on because, guess, here's my question. Okay, when we get to our linebackers, our inside linebackers, or middle linebackers, I might put them on it too. Okay, well that's not fair. Why? T.J. Watt was both an All-Pro as an that's edge true. and an outside linebacker. That's true. That's true. So, ugh. I just kept him off because to me he was drafted as that middle linebacker guy. He did play. I don't know the exact snap count. I mean, I cannot deny that he played a significant time as an edge guy, but. To me, I just picture him, when I think Micah Parsons, I think middle linebacker kind of guy. And maybe, you know, maybe I'm kind of going to use your argument against you for Palomalu's sake. 
you can really only be a Palomalo if you're not just lined up on the end for the entire time, right? No, and he won't be. He's going to float around all his career because that's just... You need to use him as that Swiss Army knife that he is. But who? I actually think I know your four, three, two, one. But number uh, four is Crosby. No. Wow. Number it's four. Joey. I got Joey Bosa. Okay, that's my number three. Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa is three my number three because we you, Nick. Or I'm sorry, Michael, uh, Michael was, was number four. Joey Bosa again. We everything you could have just that we did say about Nick Bosa. Copy and paste to Joey Bosa, but maybe just give him a little more splash. And honestly, Tom. Joey Bosa could have the best year of his career now playing alongside Khalil Mack, someone to finally take away that attention, right? The the the, the thing we said about Nick Bosa was he's played on an all-around great defense where anyone can have the shining moment, anyone can have the big game, but it's typically been Nick Bosa because he is the best player on that defense. I'm forgetting um, Ward, um, the linebacker on that team. On the charges on the on the Niners, oh man, Frank uh, Fred Fred Warner Fred, Fred Warner, Warner Fred Warner Fred Warner. Sorry, I said Ward, but probably that's the second best defender on that team, right? Who Fred Warner? Yeah, yeah, he is behind Nick Bosa. Probably. But when you're not playing that same position, it's hard for you guys to kind of complement each other in the way that edge defenders do, like we saw with T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree. But getting to Joey Bosa, I really think. He could have the, even though he's had a phenomenal career so far, I think he easily could have the best year of his career finally playing alongside of someone, or rather opposite of someone like Khalil Mack, who can take away the take away the attention of the offensive line or take away the attention of the, the second tight end who's out there as the additional offensive lineman or take away the attention of the running back who's only in the backfield adds that extra protection for anyone who's rushing the quarterback, right? I really think Joey Bosa's had a phenomenal career. I think a lot of people you could say will say to you that yes, Joey Bosa is the better Bosa brother, but there's still room for growth there. They, like you said, they're both still so young. Still, I believe so young. he he turns 27 this year, right? Joey Bosa? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, he is. Oh yeah, he does turn. He does turn 20. So yeah, exactly. He still has so much time left in this league. Yeah, to grow. And you know, I think he, Nick has him beat as far as a, a high water mark is concerned with his 15 and a half mm-hmm. last year. But I think it's only a matter of time before Joe, Joey creeps towards 16, creeps towards 17, creeps towards 18. You know what I mean? Like I think he's going to be that kind of an impact player, and that that's why I have him at number three. You know, I think he's going to be. The number one guy, Khalil Mack, will be more of a compliment to him, and that's a hell of a compliment to have. And it's not just Khalil Mack. It's that whole defense that has gotten better in, in L.A. as well. They've really put a lot of emphasis on the defense. Brandon Staley supposed to be this defensive guru of a coach. They put a lot of money into the defense this offseason with guys like Mack and J.C. Jackson coming over. So there are a lot of investment into this defense, and he's that cornerstone. And we'll see if he can follow through with being that cornerstone. Your number three is Crosby, like you said. My number three is Max Crosby. I really think this guy no longer is just going to be flying under the radar, Tom. You threw out a ton of numbers, 25 sacks in his first three seasons. He played a full 17 games last year. What He played 15 games in his sophomore year and 14 games in in his rookie year, something like that. But clearly consistent and available, which is what you need out of any NFL player, regardless of position. But when you're able to be at... When you're... When you're able to be that available to your team and you produce, that makes you the total package. And another number I'll throw out to you, Tom, is that last year he finished with 101 total QB pressures. That's 
more than 20 hmm. than the guy who came in second place. So whether or not he's getting to the quarterback, he's going he he is getting there whether he takes down the quarterback rather, he's still getting there at a more efficient rate than any defender in the league. This is regardless of position. 101 total QB pressures last year. The guy is a freak. The guy now, again, similar to the conversation we had just recently about Joey Bosa, could have the best year of his career now now playing alongside Chandler Jones, someone who we said could have been a potential top 10 edge defender. Maybe there's a couple people who make their list and they they sneak in Chandler Jones as their veteran pick for for that top 10 list. But Max Crosby really is is now the... Shining star. I think if Devontae Adams didn't come to to Vegas, Max Crosby is probably the best player on that team. It's a fair thing to say. It's a fair argument to make. Our top two is going to be exactly the same then. It has yes. to be. Number two. How much time do we want to spend on number two before we can just gush and fanboy well, How much time one? do you really need over number one? Right. Because you know. You know. But number two, Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Browns. You know, it's a shame that T.J. Watt exists because – he would be far and away one of the most impressive specimens that we've ever seen at the position. As far as, you know, body type is concerned, I don't think there's anybody that's more impressive looking in the NFL than Miles Garrett. Uh, he has pretty much all of the tools that you need, and he's probably got the best tools in his um, toolbox, but it takes more than just being super skilled, and for whatever reason, T.J. Watt's just been able to outpace him every single year so far, including most notably this year, but... I, I can't take – I know I'm being a little tongue-in-cheek with him right now. I can't take anything away from this guy at all. I mean, he's had double-digit sacks in every single season of his NFL career, save his rookie season of 2017. Uh, he had 16 sacks last year for a career high, finished third in the league overall in sacking the quarterback. Um, if you had to make me guess, and don't hurt me, Steelers Nation, I would bet that he leads the league in sacks before it's all said and done at least one year of his career, and I would – Probably bet that he wins the defensive player of the year at least once before he hangs it up. But there's a lot of really talented guys. Like, sometimes it's just the era that you're in is mm-hmm. is unlucky. And Donald just signed that three-year restructuring of his contract. He's, so he's going to be around back. for a while. Mm-hmm. TJ Watt's not going anywhere. These Bosa brothers are coming strong. Crosby's coming up now. So maybe he does get lost in the shuffle a little bit. But I, I still think I would bet on him getting that honor of Depoy and probably winning the sack title one year. Yeah. I mean, you can't take away from Miles Garrett's talent, right? He was the number one overall pick. He's been an easy choice there for number one, too. He's been, right. That wasn't a hard thing for the Browns to do where they had two first-round picks in the first, what, five or It was almost impossible for them to screw that one up. Right. You knew, no matter if it was the Browns or anyone, Miles Garrett was going to be the number one overall pick that year. It's just, as a Steeler fan, you you kind of hesitate to compliment the guy just because of his actions on the field, specifically against your team, the Monday Night Brawl with the Mason Rudolph incident. And to be honest, Tommy, it wasn't a first-time thing for Miles Garrett, right? We had seen this kind of behavior before, and that was a season-ending suspension that he had to suffer through. Uh, but there were some people out there who were vehemently against that suspension only because they felt like it was only six games. It wasn't long enough. That kind of, that kind of retaliation against Mason Rudolph, that kind of violence should not be tolerated. And people were saying it should be a full year, a full 16 games, six, six games and that season, 10 games to start the next. That obviously didn't happen. It was just six games. However, if you have, if you have to look at it from a, 
objective lens, Miles Garrett, as you said, Tom, is one of the best, not just edge defenders, but one of the best defensive players in this league. One of, but not, not the, the best, best. Because nope. that goes to Mr. Trent Jordan Watt. TJ Watt, the holder of the sack record, and I'm going to say that he's the holder of it because he's the only active one that has that sack record. Strahan hosting whatever it's called. Good morning, America now. Get out of here, Strahan. Mm-hmm. You're old news, buddy. Oh. TJ Watt, 22 and a half sacks, defensive player of the year. Could have been defensive player of the year the year before. In fact, he was the runner-up. He was third place. He's literally ascended each, since 2019, he's ascended one step. He was third place in deploy voting in 2019. He was second place in 2020, and now he finally has the crown in 2021. What's what's more ridiculous to you, Tom, that he didn't even win Depoy in 2019, or that there were not just one, but two people they put above him? Well, in it was Gilmore who won it, and AD. And AD. I'm never going to be mad that AD's in front of him. It, I wasn't mad when AD won it over him last year, because I was a little mad when Gilmore won it over both of them the year prior right. to that. But AD's AD. I mean, he just became the highest paid defensive player in football, passing TJ Watt, and do you feel like you should be upset about that? That seems right. The pecking order should probably be Donald and Watt. That's probably one two, right? Uh, except right? for the fa- I mean, we'll see how he how Donald does his next two years. You know, I don't know if he lasts more than two years. He seemed to be someone who was super content walking away from the game of football, right? Could have been money though. Yeah, could have been. I just won a Super Bowl. I'm the best in football. Where's my yearly salary that's over thirty million? If it happens where T.J. Watt has a follow up to his MVP season and wins it again. Do you then reverse that and put TJ one eighty two? Yeah, if TJ goes back to back on the depoy and has twenty sacks this year, then yeah, I'll say TJ has dethroned him as the best defensive player in football. But I think you got to have that back to back because hey, that, Donald's won it what three times, including a back to back already. In his I believe career. TJ won it three times, including a back to back. JJ, you mean? Yeah, sorry, yeah, JJ, JJ, right. So I think that back-to-back really drives home that you're the best. Because that's probably what the transition's been, right? J.J. was the best defensive player in football, and then that passed over to Aaron Donald, and now he's holding the crown, and the guy who's probably the closest to snatching it is Mm T.J. Watt, right? But that's been the progression so far. J.J. to Aaron, and now maybe to T.J. I think it is to T.J. I think Garrett, as you said, could have these seasons where maybe individually he's better than TJ or maybe individually he's recognized more despite TJ also having a great season. But I do think despite uh, Miles Garrett's level of talent, it's going to be TJ Watt as the best overall defender for probably the next three years minimum. Well, don't think there were any surprises there, at least at the very top with who was number one on that list. and. Hopefully he can have another record-breaking, not tying, breaking performance this season. And T.J. Watt can get to 23 sacks and be alone at the top of the record books as far as that's concerned. But Love to see that. that'll do it for this edition of the Steelers Standard. Always appreciate you guys giving us a listen. Back again next week with some fresh content for you all. So until then, he's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Opperman. And thanks as always for listening to the Steelers Standard. If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join ST Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for Lemonade Days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. ST Bank, member FDIC. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.